Hello, everybody. Welcome to Food for Your Mouth. I'm your host, Christine Kite, and welcome to my kitchen. That was dorky, but I, I kind of like it. But for real, though, uh, welcome into my world of cooking. This podcast is all about my love for the art, things I feel like would benefit you, um, talking about catering, entertaining, about a little bit of everything about my journey, what I'm up to. So I'm grateful that you're tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my podcast friends. I hope everybody's doing awesome today. For us in Calgary here, as in everywhere else, I'm sure the seasons are changing. We're getting a Christmas of fall. And with that, things change, you know, you start wearing heavier clothes cooking a little bit heavier foods, getting into your comfort foods, and maybe looking into some old books and some other recipes, some classics that you didn't cook in the summer because you wanted some lighter stuff. So today's episode is going to be about my favorite cookbooks and the, the cookbooks and reference materials in the kitchen that I look to over and over and over again and ones that I've relied on for years. Um, yeah, so these cookbooks to me, are inspiration, reference, teaching. I've learned over and over again, and it helps me be creative as well, some of them. So I've got a few different types of cookbooks. I've got some recipe books, of course. I've got some uh, inspirational materials and some flavor profile reference materials and you know even some stories. So um, my first favorite cookbook, of all time, the one I go to more than any other cookbook is, it's actually two of them, The Flavor Bible and Culinary Artistry. Now, these books are both by the same authors, Karen Page and Andrew Dornenberg. Culinary Artistry was the first one I ever purchased of the two. Flavor Bible came to me later as a gift from a dear friend. But Culinary Artistry, what it is, completely a reference material. So you go into it and there are a few sections, different menus from famous chefs around the world. And then you've got flavor profiles and uh, pairings, classic pairings. So what these authors have done is gone through the, I would say the culinary ingredients, like the big ingredients, even some of the small ones that people use and found the matches to them. So you can look up in here, um, let's say jumbo prawns or prawns and under the category of prawns, it will tell you 15, 20, 30 things that will pair with prawns. Some of them will be in bold and those are your classic traditional pairings and then some of them are maybe a little more, more subtle that uh, aren't really thought of very often but if you work it right, it's gonna go well. It also tells cooking techniques and even with some of the, uh, some of the items has menus from some of the most famous chefs in the world and how they've put them together or little write-ups on that specific item and how much they love them or how they like to use them. So 
culinary artistry, when I'm creating menus and I have a few different items and I need to add another garnish or another side dish, this is where I go to these right here. So as an example, I'm just gonna flip open culinary artistry and I'm gonna go to, perfect. It says here, plums. Under plums, it says it's a summer fruit and then it has a list of about 25 different things that would go for them, go with them. The classic ones in bold, cinnamon, lemon, oranges and walnuts. So those will always work. And then different ways to cook, poach them, raw or stew them. And then underneath a few recipes from, I'm assuming some wonderful pastry chefs around the world to take as inspiration. And every single item We've got polenta, pomegranates, poblamo, porcinis, pork, plantains. There's so many, so many different items in this book that you can go to. On top of that, it's, uh, it goes into cooking with the seasons. So in summer, these are the types of foods that you wanna do. This is what's in season in the summer, what's in season in the winter. So if you really wanna keep with those authentic menus and those, the freshest, of produce, the best quality meats. This is the seasons you wanna process them in and wanna work with them in because they're just gonna be at their maximum. The Flavor Bible, the other one, came out after. And what I would guess is that there was such a demand in culinary artistry that they took it and they expanded it. They went bigger. So they went with more items. There's, oh, there's stuff in here cloves, citrus, clams, and the pairings under cloves. Uh, it, this page has got 25 items and it's only A, B, C, D. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Like this is 500 pages, three, sorry, 360 pages of reference material on different items. So if you're looking at um, creating your own recipes or even having a main dish and you're not sure what to pair with it. Say you're, you have a specific type of pork with a sauce that you're doing and you want to put carrots on the side but you don't know what kind of seasoning to put on the carrots. You can look up pork or carrots in there and see where your matches are going to be. These two books are unbelievable for the, the inspiration potential that it's got in there. Just even to browse through it to get some ideas, unbelievable. So again, The Flavor Bible and Culinary Artistry by Karen Page and Andrew Dornenberg. I'm gonna put links below to these ones. If you're gonna get one, I would suggest getting The Flavor Bible because it is a little bit more current and it's more expansive, but I had just had culinary artistry and again a wonderful friend of mine got me the flavor bible and i am in love with that book the next book i want to talk about is one of my favorite cookbooks that i've picked up in the last probably six or seven years it is called thug kitchen the tagline is eat like you give a fuck the official cookbook now these guys were putting stuff out on, I think Pinterest and memes and that kind of thing, funny stuff, right? But all about healthy eating and actually vegan eating, vegetarian, vegan. This 
cookbook is a vegetarian cookbook, but it is the best reference and recipe cookbook in one book that I've ever found. The way they write it is hilarious, but real, it's practical. So someone who doesn't know how to cook can pick this book up and it will go through how to set up your kitchen. So I'm gonna go in here and in the very beginning, you've got all your indexes, what to do, how to set up. So it says, it tells you also how to read recipes. But geez, what the fuck is in a thug kitchen? That's our chapter title. Basic tools for kitchen domination. And then it has your weapons of choice and a list of the, the tools that you need to get started. And nothing on this list is something I would argue with. And it's not expansive. It, it's gonna cover you for all your basics. You can cook almost anything with what you have here. Two cutting boards, one for vegetables and one for fruit. Because cutting an apple where you just cut an onion will fuck up your pie something awful. Trust. That's what it says. Optional but awesome and helpful. So more stuff you can buy if, if you already have what you need and you want to expand on it. It also tells you how to cook basics, grains. I, it doesn't go into meat here because again, this is a vegetarian, but basic pot of beans. It's got some instruction and then it says here, the beans are done when at least five of them taste tender and are cooked through. One bean can be a fucking liar, so taste a few. This book is wonderful for a few reasons. First of all, all its material is spot on. Everything in here is fact, is how I would do it, is how other people, it's how I was taught in culinary school to do stuff, exactly in here. But it's written in such an entertaining way that you wanna read it and it makes it easy. If a reference material is fun and engaging, you're gonna get more out of it because you're gonna read it. This book is unreal. It's unreal. If if someone was gonna buy one recipe or reference cookbook, call, uh, Flavor Bible is one, but Thug Kitchen I think is more practical. Thug Kitchen also has recipes in it. And the recipes, I've tried about half a dozen in there and they've always worked out. They've been delicious. The nice thing too is that even though they're vegetarian, you could substitute meat into these recipes and have a meat dish. And it's gonna have a wonderful flavor because the flavors they have in here are just beautiful. Also, they have some weird ingredients, but then if you don't have those weird ingredients, it gives you other things that you can use instead of that hyper-specific stuff. So maybe you don't have to go to the store. It's gonna give you alternatives. Unbelievable book. I got this at Chapters. $29.95, buy it. It's so, so good. Yes, they have a second one out. I haven't gotten to it yet, but this one, 100%. Now, the next book I wanna talk about is an inspiration book. So I was talking about how the Flavor Bible is inspiration, but it's more when you have something and you wanna expand on it, right? Or you have, you know, the basics of a thought and you just want to, you want to roll with it. You want to find other things that work with it. 
Thug Kitchen's great because it uh, it inspires you to try more stuff because it makes it seem quite simple, right? It make it breaks down the steps, makes them easy because really a lot of cooking is quite easy at its core, but this actually makes it sound and be easy of the way it's laid out. But this other kind of cookbook that I have, I call it my inspiration books. I have made one recipe out of this book. I think I've had it for 10 years. And, but I, I love it. I look at it and I think it's the most beautiful thing. It's the French Laundry Cookbook by Thomas Keller. Thomas Keller is a famous, famous American chef. And his restaurant is the French Laundry. And many, many awards incredible food and I'm I'm not quite sure if he's still operating that anymore but you know his books the photographs in it are spectacular the there are recipes and there's how to make all these spectacular things in this book but a lot of it's quite highbrow and you know even though you can make a lot of this stuff at home. There's a lot of steps and a lot of time that it's gonna take to do it, you know? So instead of that, I have it, I think more as a, something to help me remember that cooking is supremely beautiful. That the, the art of the culinary industry is alive and people are pushing limits that the the level of food that can be created if you're so inclined is just out of this world you know and this is a visual ref representation of that art when you know culinary is very visual but you don't often see it to that level in a book Another cookbook that I consider the same is um, Donna Hayes, Modern Baking. I bought that book and it's as beautiful, maybe not quite to the level of Thomas uh, Keller's here, but it's, it's so beautiful. Problem is with that book, I, I just bought it, it's fairly new. Um, I tried a recipe out of it and it, it didn't work out and I was pretty upset with it. But again, that could be purely my baking skills at work and have nothing to do with those recipes. It could be an incredible baking book and I just lack the skill to execute. So, inspiration cookbooks, the beautiful ones. I believe that cookbooks are meant to be used. My culinary artistry has food bits over it. Thug Kitchen has been used. You know, some of my other cookbooks are well-loved. They're open in the kitchen while I'm using them. I don't take photocopies and work off of those. I write stuff down in them. I, I use them, but French Laundry, it's, it's beautiful, it's pristine, and I just open it up every once in a while and just gaze at it, and even just seeing the spine of it in my cookbook shelf. Just, it's just a remembrance that, of how beautiful this industry is. So one more type of cookbook, well, it's not a cookbook, so, but it's a culinary book, is your stories. The uh, documentation of people and their experiences. So most people will probably know, but if you don't, 
The specific one I'm talking about is Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. One of the reasons I think that this book is so big, on top of Anthony Bourdain being an incredible human being, and the world is going to miss him, but he will live on through the hearts and souls of everybody. He's loved by the world. But one of the reasons this book was so, so big, and this was even big before it got big pop in, in pop culture, everybody in the kitchen industry, for the most part, has read this. I read this when I first started 15 years ago when, um, you know, Anthony Bourdain, he wasn't fashionable. He was out there, but he wasn't fashionable. This is a literal representation of what the culinary industry was and you can still feel bits of it that have carried on. It's dark, it's ugly. Um, people forget, especially young folks. Well, I think everyone forget. A lot of people not in the industry don't know. That was very complicated of me to say. So uh, anyone who's not in the industry probably doesn't know that in order to be an amazing chef, you have to be a crappy cook first. And cooks get shit on, really, for all of their formative career years. You get paid nothing and you get treated like garbage. And this talks about that. This book is a gripping read and it's true. So it's, it's, it's short. So if anyone's in the mood for a, you know, a good, a good read, pick up this one if you haven't already. It's wonderful. Another one that I have that actually I look to quite often is called Don't Try This at Home. And I didn't pull it out, but I'll put the uh, link to it underneath. And I got that from a friend when I was first starting in the culinary industry. And it is a compilation of chefs, famous, famous chefs in the world and the stories of when they have fucked up hard. Like the events they were doing or the nights at the restaurant that they've had that turned into a complete debacle or when something went so wrong and then some of them on how they got out of it, some of them how it just ended up in flames and it's all these short stories. I think it's maybe 20 or 30 short stories and I love this book. I've I, years I've had this book and occasionally I just run through it and I remember, oh yeah, like when I have a bad day, something goes wrong. I go back to that book and I say, no, the best in the world are never batting, you know, 10 to zero. There's always been losses. There has to be. Losses are part of learning. And that book, it maybe takes a bit of the shine out of the celebrities out there and I love it. So I'll link to that one below as well. So let's talk about the internet as well. So those are some of my favorite cookbooks. Now I wouldn't say that there's one uh, writer or one author that I would always buy their cookbooks. Ah, that's not true. <laughs> if, if the culinary artistry line came out with another one, I would buy that one in a second. And I am planning on buying every single book that Thug Kitchen has to offer. Beyond that, I'm highly subjective. I book, I sorry, book, I buy books um, very much based on 
visual. I definitely buy books by their covers, but also based on subject, subject matter. Um, this one's called Thug Kitchen Eat Like You Give a Fuck. I think that's hilarious, so I bought it. French Laundry is spectacular looking, but you know, other ones are not as beautiful looking, but they have these amazing contents and these amazing recipes. So, you know, browse through it every once in a while and it's, it's really just when something tickles my fancy. But a few points for picking cookbooks. If you're looking for recipe books, always read a couple recipes and see if it makes sense because not all recipe books are created equal and there are some people that just don't write in a format that you're gonna understand. Um, sometimes the measurements are put into weights as compared to volume and if you don't have a scale it's gonna be really hard to make those items accurately especially if it's baking so really when you're looking at cookbooks to buy make sure that you read the ingredients read through a whole recipe or two make sure that it's something that makes sense that they're not referencing weird things from other parts of the book because I hate that when it's a recipe and it's got three references, add this, but that's on page 85. And then make this and add this, but that's on page two. No, not okay. Make sure it's straightforward and that you can get through it. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna talk about the internet as well. So I did say that with cookbooks, there's not very many that I would just buy based on author. The internet is completely different for me. If I'm looking for recipes, I will go to three different chefs first to try and find what I need. These chefs have never let me down. I have never cooked a bad recipe from them. So if I can find a recipe for what I need from these chefs, that's what I'm using, period. Those chefs are Thomas Keller of French Laundry, incredible. His best recipe that I found is for turkey, how to brine and cook a turkey his way. It's, it's so good, so good. So, turkey. Um, but as well, uh, so yes, Thomas Keller. My next chef, Anthony Bourdain, who I have his book here, of course. My third chef might surprise you, Martha Stewart. Martha's team of people and herself are so amazing. They must have cooked these recipes a hundred times because any time that I have made a Martha Stewart recipe, it has always worked out, always. She's incredible. So Anthony Bourdain, Thomas Keller, and Martha Stewart. I always go to them first and see if I can find a recipe from them. If they don't have what I need, you're going to the food bloggers. That's who's got your answer next. Now, I have a love-hate relationship, ah, love-annoyance, hate's a very strong word, but a love-annoyance um, relationship with food bloggers because they'll have this wonderfully titled recipe with a picture and you click in it and there will be this much text on what their grandma made, where they came from, what type of flour they originally used for this recipe, you know, how much their family likes it every time they cook it. And those are wonderful things to read. But when I have to scroll through for two or three minutes to get to the recipe, and then sometimes I miss it and I can't find it all together, I get a bit irritated. So 
the food bloggers that I really appreciate are the ones who at the top have the wonderful name of the recipe we're gonna make and then it says skip to recipe and you can click on that button and it jumps through all that story to get to where you need because honestly sometimes I really like reading what they've got and sometimes the food bloggers have a fantastic explanation on uh, different ways that this can work and different variations on the recipe but sometimes I just want the ingredients that's it so then you have to go to the food bloggers and again with food bloggers just like with recipe books you're gonna make sure that you that you're reading the recipe that it makes sense that it's in measurements that you understand that you have the equipment for so you're gonna treat your internet recipes much the same as your paper recipes another nice thing about internet recipes is they've got ratings so you will see a recipe that has one red rating and it's four out of five but then next door you'll see a rating of four out of five with 300 ratings that's amazing so you know these people have already tried it and you're really just uh, going on their experience and you know you're you know it's going to turn out so the internet's fantastic also videos on the internet if you don't know how to do something ask google google will show you you can almost type in anything and Google will give you a dozen videos on how to do it. So always reference, always use your stuff, always use the internet. It's an incredible tool. But again, those three personalities that I always go to if I need a recipe on the internet, Martha Stewart, Anthony Bourdain, and Thomas Keller. Thomas Keller, my favorite from him is that turkey. And oh my gosh, you guys. If you haven't had a brined turkey, you need to do it and go to Thomas Keller. So this Christmas I'm gonna be doing a video on that because oh, it's so, so good. But anyways, so that is my rant on cookbooks. I'm gonna go over them one more time. We've got, starting from the top, culinary artistry, your reference book for flavor profiles and seasonal foods and you know, huge reference inspiration by Anthony Dornenberg and Karen Page. The accompanying to that is the Flavor Bible, much of the same thing, just bigger. Then we've got Thug Kitchen. Thug Kitchen, oh, so great. Reference and recipes all in one in an incredibly entertaining package. Like this would be one I would sit down and read. The beautiful books. Kitchen... Oh, sorry, French Laundry, French Laundry Cookbook, not The Kitchen, The French Laundry Cookbook by Thomas Keller. And then your stories, Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential and Don't Try This at Home. So thank you very much for listening. I would love to hear about your guys' favorite cookbooks and I hope you have a wonderful long weekend and Thank you. Thank you for watching again. Thank you for listening. And if you have any comments, I'd love to hear from you. Leave them below for me. And we will see you next time.